It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show. Wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Uh, now, Lord Adonis, good evening, sir. Welcome to the programme. Good evening. Um, Ex-transport secretary, schools minister, I mean, uh, chair of the European movement, uh, a Labour peer now. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I've always thought uh, since the beginning of this contest that uh, Sir Keir Starmer was uh, both the, uh, the man to beat in terms of the election, but also the, the, the right person to be elected as leader of the party. And uh, that appears to be, bit by bit, the conclusion that Labour members are, are coming to as well. And uh, you know, one of the candidates, a very popular one, Jess Phillips, who yeah. uh, I greatly admire, the fact that she has dropped out today, I think, is a sign that uh, increasingly it's becoming uh, what the bookies would call a two-horse race between Keir Starmer, who is, uh, I think, a the candidate who, who spans all of the different sections of the party, but is also clearly a formidable figure in his own right. And uh, Rebecca Long-Bailey, who's clearly the Corbyn continuity candidate, and I suspect it will come down to a contest between those two in which all Labour members will get a vote before the uh, beginning of April. But I, I very much hope it's uh, Keir Starmer who wins. Um, people are going to say, oh, this is just uh, old, middle-aged white men talking rubbish as usual. Uh, but one of the things that you have to have, and listen, I'm a big fan of Margaret Thatcher over the years, and she had she had the gravitas, she had, you know, you need, and, and it's not just anybody that can be Prime Minister. And if the L Labour Party want to win an election... They have to have somebody that who looks like a the charisma. You got to have the yeah, charisma. A potential prime minister, because if you don't, you won't get there. However clever you are, however great you are, unless you have that—I hate to call it X factor or whatever it is—you got to look right. You got yeah. to have the charisma. You got to have all the things that got to be. Yeah, I mean, I think Lisa Nandy is excellent. She delivers a good speech. She's uh, very determined, um, but I don't think she looks like a possible prime minister. Well, charisma comes in many forms. It's not just uh, making scintillating speeches and creating uh, great jokes, which is the the great jokes bit is the Boris Johnson version of yeah. charisma and uh, looking good on the box. It also comes from uh, actually what Margaret Thatcher had in many ways, which is fixity of purpose, yeah. uh, a moral earnestness and a belief that, uh, that they're a leader. And uh, what I'm very struck by with Keir Starmer, you know, he's the, Britain's former... Chief Prosecutor, the uh, head of the the uh, you know Director of Public Prosecution, yeah, yeah. is he does have that what's the right way of putting it air of command? Yes, absolutely. Purpose, um, moral integrity, conviction, and politician. Yeah, I was very struck in the general election where I did quite a lot of, lot of uh, door to door canvassing that I got two reactions very strongly. The first one was that uh, people didn't like Jeremy Corbyn. 
Uh, they absolutely didn't think he was fit to be prime minister. But I got a lot of people who said to me spontaneously that they did like Keir Starmer. And if that Keir Starmer was your leader, we'd vote for you. Mm. So I think the public sees something in him. And it's not clearly you know, making rip-roaring speeches. I think it is uh, a steadiness of purpose, leadership quality, and a belief that uh, he's basically got what it takes. Yeah. Um, you couldn't say that Boris Johnson was stunningly good-looking, um, but he has something that make people think, um, you know, I like him. And He uh, has a look, though. You know, yeah, he yeah. does have he a look and his style. And, you know, everybody accusing him of lying the whole time, I think, is probably what turned a lot of people off voting for Jeremy Corbyn. Well, I wouldn't quite go that far. I think uh, Boris Johnson was exceptionally lucky that his opponent was Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. He was exceptionally lucky. I mean, Boris Johnson has the high, had the in the election itself had the highest negative ratings of any prime minister since polling has begun in an election campaign. Well, so uh, did um, so so so, so his, did a, a number of other people, including Churchill. Uh, uh, no, 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 Churchill's negatives weren't as weren't as great as uh, Churchill's personal personal poll ratings were, were, were strongly positive. Mm. His party was negative, but not him personally. But uh, Boris Johnson's great good fortune is that even more negative by far were the public's views on Jeremy Corbyn. And I remember um, somebody once saying to me that to the question, "How fast do you need to run away from a lion if you're fighting an election?" The answer is uh, faster than the other guy. Mm. And I think the the truth of the last election is that uh, the trick that Boris Johnson managed to pull off was to make himself less unpopular than Jeremy Corbyn. And because uh, there was nothing else to choose, well, there was, of course... um, there was, of course, the Lib Dem leader, whose name we've all, already all forgotten, but that wasn't a great <laughs> either. But he's good at electioneering. He's Joe good Swinson, at, I think you mean. He won uh, the mayoralty in London, which is traditionally yeah. Labour. I'm afraid I'd already forgotten her name. Mm. But, but that, that's the reason, to be frank, I think, why, why Boris Johnson... Well, well it's, it's certainly true that uh, he, he does have leadership qualities. Mm. There's no doubt about that at all, the way he managed to seize control of the Brexit agenda yeah. from Theresa May. I mean, you saw literally one day you had no leader, next day there was a leader. Mm. But it wasn't because he was a popular leader. I think it's because uh, he was the least unpopular leader. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, Dr Evan Lawrence, Senior Lecturer at the University of Central Lancashire and counter-terrorism expert joins us. Uh, Doctor, good evening. Good evening. Why on earth would we even think about releasing somebody who has committed a terrorist act? Well, I mean, you can't keep people locked up forever. Um, I would. Well, I think there has to be a balance. Um, The whole idea of the criminal justice system is about rehabilitation um, and working with people who who can be rehabilitated um, to do so. And I think that, you know, there is certainly a, a category of of offender um, who can be rehabilitated. Um, we're not talking about you know people who have gone out and committed multiple murders and you know things like that. But I think you know when you start looking at things like you know someone who has possession of terrorist material but hasn't actually done anything, or yeah, I'd lock them up for at least fifty years. And we do let out multiple murders yeah. here. Like the, like the bloke who uh, went round stabbing yeah. people down the road from where we are now. Uh, he was out on day release, was wearing... or well, not day release, he was on a yeah. tag, wasn't he? Yeah. 
and then went out and killed people. And some people even got upset when the police shot him dead. I'd have thought we'd all be cheering. Well, I, I, mean, I think that that's probably a loss of a life is, is a loss of a life, and I don't think anyone needs to be cheering about um, that. Well, I, I disagree. I'm sorry. Are we not just too soft on people in this country who have tried to go out of their way to actually harm innocent people going about their lives, who've wanted to plant bombs in places where innocent people, children, are going to get blown up, um, yeah. you know... Well, he was it, randomly stabbed... Hang on, we're supposed to feel sorry for them and try to rehabilitate them? Why? Well, no, I mean, I, I really take umbrage with what you said about the... Good, tell me. You know, <clears throat> caring about someone dying, if you think about it in the context of, you know, we have huge issues and there's a huge uproar in this country and, and the West when you have someone uh, in the Middle East or... Uh, saying, you know, death to America and cheering at attacks and things like that. Um, but we say the same thing. Um, how does that make us any better? No, but they just killed people. We're talking about, yeah. we're talking about people who just stabbed people to death. You know, this bloke, right, uh, stabbed three people. Who were he was out him. there trying, you know, they were trying to rehabilitate him, by the way. Uh, they were out there and then uh, they jumped on and held him down, realised he had a bomb, although it wasn't a real one. Uh, the police were there, special operations were there, and they shot him. Well, best thing that could happen to him. OK, I won't cheer, but jolly good job too. Am I bad for saying that? Well, I wouldn't say, you know, I would certainly not... You want to compare me to a Saudi Arabian prince? Yes, if you're sitting cheering for someone to die, then yeah, a, a murderer though, that's somebody who's just killed people. Thing. Oh well, I'm sorry. It's not the same thing, there. is it? Because he's a he's a murderer. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. You can't disagree that he was a murderer. Well, no, but I we're not talking about whether he is guilty or not. We're talking about someone as a, at a fundamental level being a human being and losing their life. Well, I don't think he is a human being to be... I mean, he's not a human being anymore. He's dead. He's gone. Um, but why would, why would anybody be concerned about it? Why would anybody be concerned about someone losing their life? Well, somebody who's already taken the lives of innocent people, why would anybody be concerned about somebody who'd done that? Well, I think what you're, what we're talking about here is two different things, that, you know, do I have a problem with the man having been shot by the police? No, he had a, he had a bomb vest on. Whether they think that was real or not, I, I think is, is immaterial at this point. Did the police legitimately and legally kill him? Yes, of course they did. Um, and I would say that, you know, that was probably a good decision on their part. Um, now, am I cheering that this man is dead? No. Uh, he is a human being. He has family. He has relations and things like that. Um, that I would never... I would think they're all a lot better off without him. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Anyway, let's talk to uh, Stacey Hillard, who is uh, f represents Republicans abroad. Uh, Stacey, good evening to you. 
Hi, evening. I just want to make clear I'm no longer with Republicans abroad. It's been quite some time since I've been with them. Oh, dear. So I'm you... still a Republican. It's fine. But you're not yeah. abroad. <laughs> no, I'm still abroad. Oh, you're still abroad. So, well, you are a Republican abroad, not, then. Yeah. I, I am. I am. It's but you, you, you're not with a capital... Uh, yeah. you, don't, you don't belong to that club anymore. Correct. Is there a reason? I'm... No, no reason. I'm just the organization uh, ceased to exist and it changed and people move on to different things. Right. Yeah, you didn't like the people who were there, so you got out. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, what do you think about uh, Donald Trump? Well, I'm, I've always been somebody who has been on the fence with with Trump as a Republican. Um, I'm much more of a traditional Republican, more of an internationalist uh, type of Republican. Um, but, you know, I talk to people back home. They're quite happy with some of the, the things that he's been doing. And and they say, you know, maybe he's the only person who can do some of these things um, and try new tactics that, that haven't been tried before. Yeah, um, I suppose you're right. But, I, you know, I, I'm beginning to think that um, Donald Trump is at the moment sort of talking for the real Americans, isn't he? I think he does. I think that one of the things the Democrats um, in particular have, are having a problem with with their primary that's going on is that they're not talking to the people who will actually decide the election. The elections are won in the middle. Uh, they're won by people who are not always politically engaged. They're not on the fringes of the parties. Um, they're not on the extremes, and that's who the, the Democrats are speaking to, the far left of their party. Mm. Um, and do you think, I mean, what he said at Davros today, talking about climate change, what he said about it, uh, I think a lot of people probably agree with. Um, I think people do agree with him on, on some things. I think there are a lot of people who um, have taken issue with the president um, leaving the Paris Climate uh, Change Accords, but also people who say, well, why should we change if nobody else is going to um, let's go ahead and lead in other ways. And in the U.S., the way that our system works with the 50 individual states, which are kind of like little individual incubators mm -hmm. of policy, um, lots of different things are changing and, and happening on the state level. I mean, I, you, you know, it, it sort of it's quite interesting. Here's Greta Thunberg saying she can see carbon dioxide in the air. Mm. Not really sure how that works. Maybe it's invisible, isn't it? Yeah, mystical powers. Yeah. Um, but the people who are, are following that line are like prophets of doom. Um, yeah. And we don't, you know, there are there are scientists on all sides. We need yeah. to clean up our act, for sure. But it's off-putting, isn't it, when they're so definite like that? You know, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, you've got to stop doing this or the planet's not going to be inhabitable in eight years. Well, if yeah. that is the case and it's so serious, uh, we should say, right, we're going to get rid of everybody's car yeah. now. Nobody's yeah. going to fly on an aeroplane. Nobody's yeah. going to do this. There will be public outcry amongst the young people yeah. as well as everybody else. Oh, yeah. I mean, the... the one of the problems um, with the arguments that are put forward, or the, rather the solutions that are proposed by um, some of the extreme activists, um, is that they're not based in reality of how, one, how policy works, how long it takes to change things, how quickly people can adapt to, to some of those changes. Um, I, I think that most, a lot of people are now coming on board with saying, yes, we at least if whether they say that they believe in climate change or not, they believe that the environment needs to be cleaned up and taken care of. And um, I think the language needs to change around it. Um, and one of the things that I think what's 
Of course, President Trump was making a very pointed comment uh, aimed at uh, Greta Thunberg and, and those other people who are maybe in that same ilk and camp as her. But people don't like people who are doomsdayers and and are having a negative message. A positive message is always one that's that's much more effective and in, in being able to get people on board to your side of an argument. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. You could find yourself in HR being uh, unappropriate. Yeah. Do you know we are being unappropriate? Are we? Or even inappropriate. <laughs> that James Whale, he goes on and on and on. You're well, not here to, to do the show. Take okay. a back seat. Stay there. No, Last night I told you what off. What was your point, Jones? My point is shut up. You've got a, a branding and PR consultancy. What does that mean? It does what it says on the team. Oh, for branding and sake, PR if you consultancy. Here's the question I have to ask. Why does everybody in movies now talk like this? Have you finished? Well, I mean, have you? Hi. James Whale on Talk Radio. And featuring Ash. Oh, they have done it. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, It'll we'll, change. We, can, we have to adapt. I mean, I've got an anorak where you can now unzip the arms. So if it does suddenly get hot. So that's the sort of thing we're going to have to do to adapt to the change in the weather. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday on... T- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.